What is up, Pod Nation? Welcome to the Podio Slave Podcast, the place for nerdery and geeking out on all things music. I'm here with my friends Tony and Anthony. What are you guys up to tonight? Yo, 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 I'm good. <laughs> That's what you did last week, Tony, and it was super funny. Is that what I did? Yeah, yo, what's up? <laughs> I'm feeling good. <laughs> yo, 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 nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I love hanging out with you guys, talking about music. And it uh, seems like we got a fan base that is uh, super stoked on talking or at least listening to music too. So everyone's kind of checking us out. Uh, we're getting some, some good feedback on Instagram lately. So at Patio Slave on Instagram, Twitter is always churning. And, uh, you know, like Tuan says, it's a broken record, but we do like the snail mail via Patio Slave podcast at gmail.com. We get one that trickles in here and there, and we're just going to keep pumping it. We don't care. We want to we want to see those emails. So, Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, we have a... We have a fun, fun segment, some cool things to talk about tonight. What do we got, Tom? Yeah, we got a couple set list items that uh, we will lead off here in just a second. But our main segment is, uh, maybe it's got a cool title by now, but we haven't titled it yet. We just have a, a thought, an idea, like we always do, and we figure it out in post. Uh, it's We picked a f- four, five, six songs, and we decided we all like brought to the table who we wanted to cover those songs. And we checked to see if there was a ton of people that had covered them in the past, too. And there's some that maybe a little bit, but nothing super well-known. So, uh, yeah, we, we have some songs that we all like, and we want to throw another band in the mix and hear a proper studio version from a different band of that same song. So that's that's the main segment tonight. But let's get into the set list. Tuan, what do we got? What's the first item on the set list tonight? So there's a pretty good headline that I saw, actually in a few different publications online, but... It stemmed from a Rolling Stone article, but basically, Glenn, here's the headline. Glenn Danzig says, modern punk explosion won't happen due to cancel culture and woke bullshit. So I read, the, I read um, a few of the articles. I didn't read the interview in Rolling Stone, but I read a few of the articles. And basically, he says a couple things that people don't understand because everything's so cancel culture, woke bullshit nowadays, but you could never have the punk explosion now it would have never happened we're lucky it happened when it did because it'll never happen again you won't have any of those kinds of bands ever again so his era obviously what early 80s misfits um you know you could throw black flag in there you know that whole american punk hardcore in adjacent lane the also the other thing he also says is um the song last caress that i don't know if you guys are familiar with that song it's a song that has like super questionable and sketchy lyrics that he's saying that that would never have been accepted today. So I have two thoughts on this and he's saying like two conflicting things in my eyes. He mentions that the punk explosion wouldn't happen now. Right. And I think that's complete bullshit because of, um, woke culture, what he's talking about, like that whole explosion is on the right side, not like right in political terms, but it's on the right side of wokeness. Like they're fighting, they're, <laughs> the people that are quote unquote woke fit that narrative of the punk scene. Like, I don't know, like channeling back to Frank Turner with the Get in the Van book, they were fighting off Nazi skinheads at shows. Like they're, they were the ones that were woke against that. So like, I think he's just complete off his rocker there. And then, but I do agree with a song like Last Caress. That would not be accepted. The message, the lyrics wouldn't be accepted. But I think he's a little, he's he's flipping it. He's he's talking about two conflicting things. I think he's right on one, wrong on the other. Yeah, this is is a tough one. I think he's wrong on both ends, to be honest. And it's ultimately because it's music and it's art. I mean, if that was the case, then Quentin Tarantino would just stop making films. The whole point is it's supposed to be shock, right? It's supposed to be, you know, not so PC. So same with music, you know, you're going to attract a certain crowd and you might get some haters, but I mean, that's always happened. You know, I don't think Eminem, we talked about Eminem on, on here with like the Slim Shady LP or sorry, the uh, Marshall Mathers LP and some cringeworthy songs on that. And I guess to Danzig's point, like that came out in 2000 where it's 2021 now could you know, Marshall Mathers write a song like that today. I mean, he has. So I think the the point is, yes, because you're an artist and you kind of do whatever you want to freedom, freedom of expression. If you get haters, whatever, you know, it is what it is. I think there is an overcorrection when it comes to being PC and being woke and making sure that you're not offending anyone. But at the end of the day, like you can't please everyone. And that's what music is. It's, you know, you cater to a, a crowd that accepts you and you might have some haters, but you know, that's just the way it goes. 
Yeah, I agree, Tuan, with your your initial sentiment of uh, the punk scene back in that era being kind of the first wokeness of the of the whole you know music world back then. Anyway, yeah, there was probably you know late seventies, all that kind of classic rock stuff that we call classic rock today, and disco, right? All of that stuff was just. I'm sure there was some stuff behind the scenes that we we've heard about some of it. We haven't heard about others that was just terrible and not great. And you get punk happening and you get them fighting off the, you know, skinheads, Nazis, whatever, and being out against that and, and not, not saying what Danzig is saying. Now the last caress stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think you can, I just looking at the lyrics just now for the first time in my life and thinking, Whoa, yeah, you're not writing that song today. Not in that vein, not with punk and not, it's not going to get, it's not going to be big. There are some metal bands that would write that today. Death or some, metal bands. Like yeah. death metal bands that would write that today, right? So that's the, and probably be okay with it. Like Cannibal Corpse comes to mind. Like they just put an album out that I'm sure something like that's on there. So it is what it is. Uh, it depends on what you like, like Nate said, and, and who who's down with whatever. Now, obviously there's some things you just shouldn't say and shouldn't do. And there are definitely things today in 2021 that you can't say anymore. And you're not going to have a lot of people flocking to your music if you are saying those things. So that's obviously a piece of it. But I still think that, yeah, I still think that you can have this. There could be a modern, even more contemporary punk explosion again, for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny. Like, he mentions Last Caress, but, like, that was an exception of that era. You know what I mean? That wasn't that wasn't the mess. That wasn't the Black Flag Rise Above message. Like, that was a small pocket of it. So I think he's kind of lost in his own world. But what's interesting is some notable bands have covered that song like Metallica. I think it was on garage. Was it on the garage Inc cover album or live? Oh, album? Yeah. Right. No effects covered it, which doesn't surprise me. AFI covered it, but I don't know how recent, you know what I mean? Yeah. The climate's so different, even from five years ago to now that it wouldn't surprise me if those bands covered it that recent or if it was, Many, many, many years ago. I think Metallica's case, it was many, many years ago. But um, yeah, this stirred up some buzz online. Like there were the Danzig fanboys that were like, yeah, he's so right. And others like, this guy's out of touch with reality. Like, But I will say, I didn't see anyone with my initial take, which is like, no, like the wokeness, like <laughs> that would have been, that would have been them back then. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the message. That was a fun one. I mean, we won't, I don't think we'll hit too much more on that one. But um, yeah, Glenn Danzig. I guess that's what it takes for him to hit hit the news nowadays. <laughs> he find he finds his way in every now and then. All right. So what else we got? We have Tom. We got something else. Yeah. So I saw Machine Gun Kelly tweeted out yesterday or the day before. When you're hearing this, probably four or five days ago now, uh, that he sold out his U.S. tour for the fall. Now that got me thinking. Like, wow, I didn't even know it was on sale. First of all, which is you know one of those things. In COVID times, like, is this next fall or is this fall of 2022? The second thing is, like, I'm going to go look and see if I can't find tickets somewhere, secondary market, whatever, and what do they cost? So I log on to Ticketmaster, and if you've listened to us for any length of time, you know we have our feelings about Ticketmaster. And I think, all right, I'm going to check it out. They have a ton of tickets on resale value for the closest date to us, which is Boston, and the cheapest ticket's $270 in their resale kind of website. Now... My thought is, and this is, this is the, the skeptic and the pessimist in me, which I can be from time to time, big acts like Machine Gun Kelly right now, he's having a moment, obviously he's had a moment with his, his uh, pop punk album that came out last year and all that stuff, like him and Ticketmaster are in cahoots. This is, I'm going to be super conspiracy theory hat right now. They're in cahoots. They want to work together to recoup the money they lost that they would have made last year. So all those tickets sold out, I'm saying in quotation marks, to resellers that are putting them all back on the Ticketmaster website and jacking the prices. Now, I don't think this is going to work for smaller bands, but I do see this happening, you know, over the next six months to a year as things open up with big acts because they think people will pay it. And it's wild to me. Like, I'm, I'm not paying $270 to see Machine Gun Kelly. I, I would like to see him, but I'm not going to pay that. What about you guys? I'll go double. I'll double. I'll go um, Conspiracy Theory 2.0. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. That verified resale ticket, dun, 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 is actually Ticketmaster themselves. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not even, 
in cahoots with, you know, a, th- a third party. It, it's actually just them. Was you I, don't think that they're they're splitting some with the the act? That's what I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if they if if it is them, then yeah, th- that money would go to the act. Yeah, I think it's a little it's a little complicated. Um, but to your point, Tuan, that it's Ticketmaster verified, whereas before it was a third-party company or third-party website platform where they would buy tickets. That's where this whole bot thing came from. They would set up computers and be first in line and, you know, get the systems all overcrowded with, you know, their system getting all the tickets first before actual fans and created a mess yep. of uh, the whole ticket-buying system, at least online. And back in the day, I think they would just have people stand in line early and stuff like that, which is a whole different thing. But, um, yeah, to see it Ticketmaster verified is hard to decipher because that means it should in theory be actual fans that are like i don't want to go anymore so i'm going to put it up for sale well at the, talk about this is conspiracy theory 3.0 most nice. music fans i want to say that i've met in my life are pretty good people humble people i've rarely met a true music fan that's marked up the ticket and sometimes a little bit you know hey it, you know head service fees and shipping and handling everything like so that's why i'm you know charging a little bit more than face almost never is it 2x the price and i sent you guys a screenshot of a deftone show here in la uh for the fall and it's an 8x face value on the verified Ticketmaster platform so it's like hmm, are fans really that greedy right now like are they in line with what you're saying with Ticketmaster live nation and and the artists like hey we're making up for lost time here but i'm a fan so i guess it's an investment you know we, i think we joked uh via text like this is like buying crypto and like you're buying on the low selling, you know selling on the high and watching it kind of fluctuate and dump pump and dump kind of thing, but I kind of doubt it. Like, I just don't see many music, like 95% of the music fan base just, just trying to scam a fellow fan. It just doesn't see, it doesn't add up. I think your fans like, you know, like this podcast, the three of us are not looking to make a buck on tickets like that. And I do think that somebody either gotten in and, you know, got a bunch of them and then threw them up for resale. And, and the thing that kind of tipped me off about this I've been looking at trying to get get to a Celtics game, a distant Celtics, Boston Celtics game at the Garden down in Boston. And I tried to buy tickets on Sunday and, you know, beside the point, couldn't get a single, but everything was verified resale. There was no just, this is the ticket, this is what the ticket cost. It was through the verified resale platform. So you're telling me those tickets were on sale already? Like the season started and COVID was already a thing. Those tickets were never given to anybody or, or bought by any fan. They were just shoveled into there by somebody now with the venue and all that on the sporting side, it's a little different, but with the, with an act, a big act working with uh, Ticketmaster to recoup some of the money they all lost last year, my radar is up a little bit. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned that, you know, this is one, another one of those situations where goods are throttled and the average Joe is going to have no chance to get to see, you know, one of their favorite big bands because they don't have $500 to even get in the building. Well, I mean, think about the conversations we've had on this podcast. We speculated that when when this opens back up, are like, w- what's the capacity going to be? Because capacity, supply is going to drive the demand. And we talked about how that could impact the the price of tickets. Now, in this case, where my head went was okay, three hundred dollars to CMGK. Okay, that's not enough alone for me to react. Just given how I know that things are. I need more information. Is this full capacity? Because if it's full capacity and you're trying to get $300 ahead, it's like, all right, come on now. His ticket, I mean, I love to do some data analysis. Like his ticket pre-COVID was probably 80 bucks. I mean, he yeah, came most, to Portland right? with, I forget who I forget who he came with, but but if it's half capacity, then it's, it's a softer blow. I mean, I'm, I'm still not paying it. But I guess either way, it doesn't surprise me. Like Ticketmaster's going to Ticketmaster, and but I'm I actually pulled up the kind of the grid of the venue, and there's tickets all next to each other. In fact, if you want a ticket right at the stage, it's like seventeen hundred bucks, and there's oh like yeah, it's t- not cheap. Yeah. Ten of them in a row, so maybe it's distance by row, but the actual seats next to each other, there's seats next to each other you can get. It all stinks. Yeah. It's all shady to me. I'm sorry. Money grab. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it is an inside job because you didn't know it even went on sale. So who who had access to that information on the on sale before it was announced? I mean, did we really miss it? Maybe, but uh, I don't. It doesn't add up. There's something super bizarre about this. I almost feel like it's an experiment. Like, what are willing people? What are people willing to pay? Mm-hmm. Let's jack these prices and just see if people start selling out venues at this price. 
then we will, you know, hike the prices knowing that, you know, we actually can do this. Um, cause that is something we talked about. We were like, Oh shit, when shows come back, uh, that face value of that ticket's going to skyrocket, you know, a based on the capacity, but if the capacity is full, full capacity, then there's no reason why that, you know, price should go up other than, uh, you know, just inflation or something like that. Uh, other than that, there's really no reason why it should be like, like I said, the Deftones ticket shouldn't be an 8X for the same ticket that was postponed, you know, 12 months or whatever. That's ridiculous or 18 months or whatever it is. Um, and I just really don't think it's a bunch of fans doing that. So there's no. a, there's some weirdness about this. It's not. And I mean, I go, to go back to our conversation with Frank Turner a couple episodes back, which we've already mentioned, but he did that socially distanced show for the government in the UK to see how it would be feasibly to, to you know, have the venue run at 30% capacity. And uh, is, there, is there any way they can be viable doing that? And the answer was no, right? We, we know the answer is no at those regular ticket prices. Now, yeah, so you have to, the cost is to go somewhere, right? So you're going to raise the ticket prices some, but my my worry here is that that MGK tickets at most a hundred bucks were almost three times as much. Now it, or the front row ones at most two to three hundred bucks, seventeen hundred dollars is ridiculous. Like that's that's not that's not let's make this work so that we can pay everybody. That's let's let's dip our hand into the cookie jar a little bit. That's where I have the issue. Man, and the the, the thing is though, and actually this kind of gets back to your Celtics example. What's probably going to end up happening is they're priced so high that someone's going to end up eating them. I just, yeah, exactly. I don't see that uh, seat getting filled, not at that price. And that's why like Nate, it's almost, um, you know, you could see these drop last minute just to move them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Will they online? I don't know. I mean, right. the most expensive tickets, two grand. I mean, you're not looking to move that ticket. It's just, it's almost like those were placed at such a premium. So even the two and $300 ticket looks like a deal. You're right. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy 4.0. I mean, <laughs> it's just nuts. I think they're just trying to, you know, put it in the guise of Ticketmaster verified rather than going on StubHub where you know it's secondary market and you're like, ah, this is more, but I really want to go and I really want to get a ticket. Whereas this is Ticketmaster, so you're like, the fans being tricked is thinking like, oh, this is another fan that just wants to make money, but I still want to go that bad. So they kind of avoid that shady talk that we talk about, like, Oh, it's a third party that's also owned by Ticketmaster Live Nation behind the scenes. Now it's consolidated under Ticketmaster. Verified fan is supposed to be this guise of, no, no, it's verified. This is just another fan that's making money. But that fan behind the screen is actually a Ticketmaster employee. Right. <laughs> exactly. There was, there was never, ever any change of hands of the ticket to, uh, it's on sale. Now somebody has it. Now they're a verified fan. They want to put it up. No, it was always just, hey. They sold out, you know, quotation marks again, and now now they're up on our verified, our verified fans have put them on sale for eight <laughs> X. Yeah, fuck you. fuck you. Sorry, fuck you. For context, uh, Twan, here's an answer to your question. Uh, Rolling Stones, a bigger bang tour, I think it was '06. Uh, they were playing stadiums then too, obviously. So those shows were like super sold out, like crazy, oversold kind of thing. But same thing, these scalpers buy tickets in mass quantity. They have some kind of system that they're able to buy. So I don't know if you've ever been to like a Gillette Stadium or whatever. You see these scalpers, they have a stack of tickets. You're like, how did you even get those? They're basically nosebleeds, but I, they have some kind of system where they, they get them printed and send them directly to them or whatever. So Rob, uh, guest on here, what episode was that, Tone? 17. 17. He said he went to the Rolling Stones show at Gillette, which I think a bunch of our friends did. And he said like, this guy was like begging to sell these tickets. And Rob was like, how much? And it was like, literally the show's about to go on. He's like, I don't know. I, I just anything. And the guy's like, oh man, this guy really wants to get rid of these tickets. And he pulls out this stack and he's like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. And it turns out like they lower the prices because the show started. So it went from like, you know, 300, $400 a ticket to like, I think Rob bought one just for like a souvenir for like a, for like $10, he got another ticket just for the stub kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't feel bad for them. Yeah. No, not. <laughs> the crazy thing is like, it's almost like you only need a few suckers. Like when the prices are this high, I mean, M MGK's guarantee, and I don't know this, my guess is it's a quarter million a night now, 300,000 a night, his guarantee. I mean, it's not like, you know, when, when the, the uh, price of tickets are this high, it's not like you get to move a shitload of units. So I think that's what they're hoping for. Get a few, even if it's, you know, a half capacity, but you've pumped the price by what eightfold it looks it i'm looking at it in prices now i think the thing that that rubs me the, the most the wrong way is that 
all of these people that are going to finally get back to their, you know, whether it's a part-time job or not at, at the venues, probably aren't going to see a lot of that extra cash. And that's where I'm like, we're not doing this to run on capacity to make some money back for the people who have been hurting for this year plus. And this is the last, you know, thing that comes back to semi-normal. Like, what are we doing here? Those people aren't going to see that money. Those yeah. aren't, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. No, the advances have been paid. This is just a this is just a, a markup on what's already marked up to begin with, you know, beyond Keystone pricing to begin with. And uh, also one more last point is this validizes, validizes my, uh, you know, festival going experience in terms of bargain because MGK is also paying, playing the uh, Aftershock Festival in Sacramento, which I'm dying to go to, but I'm probably not gonna, going to. And that ticket face, it's a four day festival. I think face value is 350, you know, wow. and he's on that yeah. with like Metallica and a bunch of other bands. So I guess pivot to festivals. Yep. No, I, I found that interesting when I saw it, and I was like, I want to dig deeper on this, and, and I knew we would be able to dig deep into it because yeah. that's what we do. That's what we do yep. here. No, I think I, this is a great great topic, and, and I think it this almost channels back to – so he's claiming he sold it out. You go on the website. I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's easily 20% of the venue is for sale. It reminds yeah. me of back in the days where labels would say – They'd use the term shipped instead of sold for yep. copies of CDs. You know what yep. I mean? We yep. shipped yeah. 200,000. All right, well, how many did you sell, you asshole? Like, yeah, you what? sold them to, you know, whatever you made record. Them. I mean, you <laughs> sold them to Best Buy, but they didn't actually get sold. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, I enjoyed that that conversation. And we always love to take down Ticketmaster a, a notch or two. And, and hey, open invite. We've said it on this podcast how many times? Come on and, and give us your side, and we'll decide if it's bullshit or not. <laughs> like, come, anybody that works at Ticketmaster Live Nation and wants to talk to us, we have questions. We would love to do it. Yeah, we'll do that one live. Totally. Yeah, we won't even have like four takes to start, right, Nate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love you, bro. I'm just kidding. If this uh, topic was the main segment of this episode, we would call this segment "Verified Resale Tickets to My Downfall Tour." <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Uh, Ticketmaster. It's a sabotage. You know, oh, hey. Segway. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. And you guys don't know, but you do. Hey, sabotage. So what about sabotage, Nate? Tell us. You don't know, but now you know. Sabotage is one of the songs that we're choosing for tonight's segment for all three of us. Which band we'd like to see cover the song Sabotage, originally by the Beastie Boys. Masterpiece song. Twan picked this one. And it's just a fantastic song. And we're all going to have our take on who we want to see not only cover the song, but record the song as well. So not, this isn't just like a one-off live performance. This is an actual recorded track by said artist. So, yeah, who wants to go first? Well, we picked what? A few, well, we're going to do a few of Five them. or six. Yeah. yeah. And they're all well-known. We got a bunch. These are all well-known songs that we yes. you know, put our own spin on it. Yep. yep. Why don't you want me to go? I can lead off. I got it. You, you, you go. <laughs> this is one I this is one I struggled with. I'm not gonna lie, and I I threw it on in the living room with my wife as a prep, and we were listening, and she threw this out there, and I and then I heard it. It was like, yeah, that actually makes sense. I like what this part can be with this part. You know, like there was just all of it kind of fit into place for me. So, uh, she said Lincoln Park, and I was like, damn, that actually makes sense to me. Wow. Chester doing the vocals, mm -hmm. not Mike. Uh, Mr. Han doing kind of the weird like scribble you hear with the guitar uh, yep. in between during the the, the breakdown of the, the musical portion and i'm sure that you know you can hear other stuff too with 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 the uh they can the drums will go kind of the way it goes but you even just chester and, and mr mr han would be perfect for this song just listening to chester vocals on this track would be you know mike pretty cool i, I think so the, the, it, it took me a while to find it and i was like yeah that makes sense i like that let's do this yeah, that's a solid pick hell yeah Props to my wife. Yeah, sweet. Well, sometimes you just, like with all these songs, I played them, and I thought, like, it was almost like who first hit me type of thing. So that's probably what happened. And and Chester can, or he could, belt it out, and he would be he would be great for that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That did not come to mind at all, but now that I'm thinking of it, like, fuck, dude, now I'm embarrassed by mine. <laughs> no, don't be. But, like, you know that, that like, opening rift of Faint by Linkin Park? Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, th he, that could totally fit. They could play around with that and turn it into, you know, turn into sabotage. And they could have pulled the video off too. Those guys would have had fun with the video. 
Great video. All-time video. One of the all-time all time music video, yeah. Which we'll oh, do on yeah. another day. We'll do music videos on another day. Yep. Man, what do you, you guys have? Yeah, what'd you got, Tuan? All right, so I... I've heard heavier covers of this, like Cancer Bats covered this, Incendiary, our old uh, guest Brendan, they yep, covered nice. this studio version back in the day. So I want to go away from that. I wanted to not go heavy. So I'm going to take us back like 10 years ago. I remember being on YouTube and I found a cover of a guy in front of his piano covering this song and he, in uh, Sabotage and he flipped it completely on its head, the whole rendition so when we said we we're going to do sabotage it brought me back to that guy and how it really worked so the the flow that this guy had in some on some unknown youtuber he he goes um can't stand it i know you planned it i'ma set it straight this Watergate, you know kind mm-hmm. of a flow to it different little different arrangement and i nice. thought to myself bonnie Vare could oh, wow. nail a stripped down rendition mellow vocals just completely taken in a completely different direction like that almost like dynamite hack kind of thing raspy haunting slow it down but with a little groove too a little groove wow shit i love that yeah so uh was it justin vernon let's let's do it yep yeah i know yeah i can't wait for these to like we're gonna put this all out there and just like tag all these bands hey cover this (laughs) song and see what happens like we'd love to hear it and i can't find that youtube video I've I've been looking for like every like I feel like every couple of years I'll be like I wonder if I can find that now can't find it but just the mm, okay. the way he made it his own I was like it was awesome that's rad I know I said dynamite hack kind of like a uh, boys in the hood right just complete different direction yep. on how yep. the song structure goes yeah wow I hope that comes back up I wonder if it was taken down based on a uh, copyright infringement yeah like, hmm. it couldn't be right it's I a think cover. It was some guy in his bedroom just yeah. dicking yeah. around with it I think it's only copyright infringement if you use you know asset the visuals or something like that like anyone can cover a song and not pay royalties yes i'm stalling because mine is the one you didn't have one for no i had one for this one because and i put it down because this is the first one like you said uh tuan this is the first thing that came to mind and i kind of avoided it and i kind of pondered on it like do i want to change this up but uh i'm going to keep it for two reasons one because i think this this band doesn't get enough credit and b because i think they may have been influenced by them and you know, I don't think they're a ripoff. I think they're their own thing. But Korashi would fucking slay this song. Dude. Right? I'm like closing <laughs> my eyes, like trying to picture it. And... No, I, I already hear it. I already hear it. I yeah. Yes, and I'm all in. Fuck yeah. Because they play their instruments. They're multiple vocalists. They're energetic. I feel like they could kind of fill the shoes and get this recorded. This would probably be a really good rendition live for them if they ever came back. I hope they do. But um, yeah, if they wanted to pay tribute to Beastie Boys, this would be this would be the song, and they would just nail it. They could pull this song off uh, tenfold. I totally agree. Oh, I can hear it now. So 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 listen oh, yeah. up, because you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and and like similar vocals, but probably even a little more polished than than the Beasties, you know. Yeah, especially for that recording, totally. And I, th- I actually also brought this up because I can't remember where I read it, but I want to say it was MCA and a Rolling Stone interview or something like that was without saying the name the band's name was kind of shitting on them like there's other bands that are kind of ripping us off and it is what it is and i think he was I, something tells me he was referring to them because really? this interview came out around 2002 and that's when the uh, album dropped mm-hmm. i'm like dude don't take it as a diss like if anything it's a tribute but i don't even know if they were influenced by beasties even though there's some similarities there but yeah but they're they're from iceland although they they do you know do their a lot of they did a lot of their popular music in, in English, even though they're Icelandic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 That's a flay. Yeah, I'd be flattered by that. I, I'm flattered by anybody that even listens to us. So, if they, you know, if they even do some of the same stuff that we do, cool. Like, good for good for you. Yeah. Like Pod Nation. We came up with that. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, those guys are cool. We like Pod Nation. I don't think we did, Nate. <laughs> all right. Good start. What do we got next? Where are we heading? I'm, I'm going to let. Okay. We just did we just did one of Twan's. I'm going to take mine. I'm going to take one of the ones I put out there. And I want you guys to go first because I want to see if you thought the same thing I did. But nice. you two, where the streets have no name. Who wants who's leading off? Twan, you got it? Yeah, I'll lead us off. So I threw this on. And actually, again, I same as you, Tone, leveraged uh, my wife. So I threw this on. We were just you know hanging out in the kitchen. And my wife goes, this would be an amazing Bruce Springsteen song. Ooh. I like yeah. that. And, and, oh, in fact. Shit. She's right. <laughs> she, I, I, when she said that, I was like, "Damn!" Like, I think, and this might be a bold statement, just because like Bono's so, 
his voice is so atmospheric. But I think had Bruce put this out, it would have been potentially as big, maybe bigger. Totally agreed. Yep. Yep. But I think Bruce has a more authentic. I don't know if it's authentic, but he's gonna this really authentic voice that would just give it a a different feel. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Listen to that song, and you'll be like, "This would be an amazing Bruce song." Completely agree. Uh, and he is very. He would fit, especially those first couple of lines. The "I want to run," like you yep. want to run, like it all fits, right? Oh damn! Just, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Wow, interesting. You know what's funny is I that was my first choice, and I crossed it out. Thank God. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was the first thing that came to mind immediately. Uh, I was doing this homework while I was driving today and that was the first thing that came up and I was like I actually thought Tone was going to pick this uh, maybe he did but I didn't. um I didn't I never <laughs> even thought of it and I'm I'm mad I didn't because it's perfect it is perfect I know and it, even instrumentally and everything it's like instrumentally they could kill totally they could nail this song and I think what you're trying to say Tuan is Bruce is very pl- uh just very very much so a storyteller in his singing style yep. and this song is a story so, or the, sorry, this song is a story. So yeah, immediately this came to mind. Um, I didn't pick Bruce and I'm happy I didn't, but I'm happy you did because I think it's perfect. And I, I hope that he covers it at least live. Yeah, because, he, may, uh, he may have covered it live. There's a million people that have covered it live. If you look on, yeah. there's a, I found a website that had a bunch of, bunch of that stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, he may, it may have been covered at some point, but yeah, you're right. He's perfect for the, he would have been perfect for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Nate, and what they did, could like what drag did, it out. Yeah. What did, Nate, what did yeah. you end up picking? All right. So I crossed out Bruce. And then I had my morning jacket, and then I crossed that out. I like that. And I ori- and then I eventually went down to Block Party for this song. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like a dancey thing going on, like a. Uh huh. Yeah, because the vocalist has a, a such an amazing voice, so he could really he could really nail Bono's parts. And then uh, the drummer for Block Party, uh, excuse me, I don't know the drummer's name, but he's an amazing drummer, so he could definitely fill uh, Mark Weinstein's uh, or Wein. Not Mark Weinstein. Or, he's. Max Weinberg. He- <laughs> now Max, Max Max Weinberg is Bruce. You're you're thinking of uh, oh, is it Larry? Oh, sorry. Yep, yep. Yeah, fill the drum parts for for that easily. So uh, as soon as I kind of put those two together, I'm like, ah, oh, my morning jacket was good. Bruce Springsteen's good, but I think I'm gonna stick to Block Party on this one. Good pull. Yeah, Larry Mullins, the drummer for you too. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good pull by tone. Sorry. <laughs> fact checking in real time. Uh, okay. So I was trying to fact check who the drummer for Block Party was, but then you, you threw out all these other Max Weinberg and. <laughs> Like, I don't even the know where we thing. are right Mark now. Mark Weinstein. I love it. Yeah, Mark Weinstein. Hey, Mark. Uh, episode <laughs> seven guest. Go back and check that out. Uh, uh, I love that our podcast sometimes also just is an advertisement for our other podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So I picked, okay. I thought at some point one of us would throw Rage or Deftones or, you know, what, that's just, it's what we do. It, it, they're bands that are house bands, as Nate says, that we love. I want to hear Morello play the riff, but I don't need Rage. I don't need Zach. Mm. Who am I thinking of? audio slave right i want to hear chris cornell singing i want to run coming into that from that riff right oh man yeah so those two the 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 main reason for me uh there the edges riff coming into that song is so iconic i couldn't pick just anybody it had to be somebody big so i picked obviously tom morello from from audio slave at, at in this juncture and then i was like and who is bigger than there aren't anybody bigger than bono so I need to pick somebody equal or close to him, like Bruce. So I went with uh, Audio Slave and picked Chris Cornell because I would love to hear his take on it, and I think that would be a fun, a fun cover had they ever actually put it. And Chris Cornell loved to do covers. I mean, covered Patience by GNR and a few other big ones. Uh, Nothing compares to you, and yeah. So it would have been really cool to hear his take on on this song. That that was my had to had to not do Rage, but throw them in there a little bit. Well, I love that you led with all right i want morello and that's like well well zach this ain't it for you dog and then no, you go it's not yeah yeah who i mean what other bands has morello been in i mean that's perfect street sweeper social club also not gonna work profits of rage nope not gonna work no that's be real on this dude awesome pick cornell doing a, a bono song would be incredible and i wish they had done that um i think cornell has some influence from from you two and from bono in particular so that would be Amazing. Awesome pull. All right. What else we got? We got a few more. We got a bunch more. Nate's got to yep. pick one of his songs that he gave us. And I, I, I know the one I would want him to pick, but I'm going to let him do it. Uh, all right. I'm going to go Camplo Lucini. Nice. This is it. What? Yeah. Lucini pouring from the sky. I thought this was like a deep, deep cut song, but I guess it's no. like you said, Twan, it's actually pretty big. So 
It was probably his only like semi hit, right? Yeah, true. They're still uh, pumping out uh, albums. Even Are they the, really in the 2010s? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Wow. I think as recent as 2015, maybe 2017. Yep. But I think I don't know. They fell off, but just obviously not as popular. This was their yeah. jumping off point. So hip hop. Uptown Saturday Nights, the record, right? 97, I think. Yeah, and the artwork and everything. The Bronx. Yep, the artwork and everything's amazing. That makes sense with 2017. So I tried to see them in LA and they were playing like a bar. So like they're mm. small, but they're still going. It's like, oh, sweet. I should have went to that. Sure regret. So yeah, it always comes back up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I, I know who I picked and I can tell you, you guys have no, you don't have this. So I, uh-huh. I, I can go first. Okay. I looked for a band with horn sections and I like, I stumbled upon trombone shorty and it's like, all right, he can do the, the horn part, but he, he'd be fun. But like, who's going to sing or rap? And I thought putting like putting together a super group would make it fun, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. The band Cake has a great horn section when they want to. Listen to short skirt, long jacket, stuff like that. Awesome, awesome horn section. I think they would have fun with this song, right? Cake would be a cool like change up for the way this song has been. Because the beat is the star of the song. It always has been. If you go listen to this song, you'll hear it on the playlist this week. It's the star of the song. The rapping's great. The verses are cool. I love it. The two guys going back and forth, awesome. The beat is the star of the song. So I needed, I wanted live horns for this, and I, I thought Cake has a has a cool horn section. Let's let's pick the band Cake, and then the monotone delivery of the lead singer, right? Dude, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah. No, that's a great pick. I um, I think the, I, I think you're right. I think the the beat and the horns carry it, and, I, and the chorus is all time too. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those songs songs that. I don't know if I know the lyrics of the verses. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's like, that's not the star of the, of the song. It's, it's the beat and it's the, um, the choruses. And I actually, you know, sometimes you're thinking and you have these like moments of like something works or whatever. And I just played it back in my head with a cake vibe on the instrumentals. I can't picture it on the vocals. Maybe I just need to listen to more cake, but great pick. I wouldn't, you're right. I never would have picked that. <laughs> that was, yeah. I was like, they won't have this. I'm, I'm going with this one. I think that would work. And like you said, I don't know the guy, the singer for cake's name, but I think he could pull it off just because like you said, the in- instrumentals are going to carry the song anyway. He's just kind of go through like the, the lines anyway. Uh, might have to trade off with one of the band members on the, on the other verses. So but, cake um, featuring Drake. Cake and Drake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cake and drake drake cake very monotone yeah, drake's cakes yeah exactly drake's talk rapping uh, we have fun here <laughs> nay why don't you go yeah who'd you have Nate? We, we might have the same one you never know we could have the same one this is another one where uh, i didn't cross it out this was the first one that came to mind kind of thing where i was like all right i could probably be a little bit more creative or not maybe you don't maybe you don't have this one but the first thing that came to mind recurring like i like Time and time again was uh, Jurassic Five on this one. Ooh, I like I that. Like, yeah, I was like, damn, if they covered this, it would be fucking dope. Charlie Tuna doing the the other vocalist kind of deep. Uh, what is it called? Uh, deep voice kind of baritone, baritone versus, versus yeah, yep. yeah, baritone voice and so forth. So, yeah, that was mine, and uh, I kept recurring back and forth on that one for quite a while. And J Five, love J Five, and I, and that's a great call. I mean, I I thought about throwing another rap artist at it, and like Biggie kind of crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, J Five would, because there's he's iconic, especially in underground. Uh, J, Charlie Tuna, just his voice and his delivery would be great. Uh, juxtaposition to one of his other band bandmates, Dakir, or one of those guys, right? Yeah. One thought before I kind of get into mine, which is, and and it wouldn't happen with some of these hip hop songs per se, but you always hear about some of like the biggest songs of all time got shopped around and like artists didn't want them and all this stuff. Like yep. some of this stuff could have happened in an alternate world, like literally could have happened if someone said yes, you know, but uh, mine it's, um, it's another rap or group rap group from the South ATL outcast. Ah, ooh, nice. Yeah. So I listened to this. I, I mean, I love this song. We've loved, we've loved this song for 25 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to it today for the first time in a while, I feel like, and I was just like, damn, Outkast could smash this out of the park with yes, just the, the, the triplets with the rapping and just, and I know who would go when big boy and, uh, mm-hmm. Andre, like it was just, it, it hit me and, and they could put a little Southern, Southern swag on it. And I think it'd be badass. Totally. That's a great call. Uh, they would 
I mean, they knock a lot of things out of the park. Yep. They would knock this one out of the park. Absolutely. Yeah, they would slay this. And it would be such an awesome song to see live by Outcast if they had pulled this off. It could still happen. Yeah, I wonder if they've totally. covered it live. Awesome, man. Is that, is that three? We've got three down? Three down, three to go. Ooh. All right, I'm picking the next one. I'm calling it okay, right cool. now. <laughs> Let's go Blue Oyster Cult Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is another Nate one, but I like this one. And uh, it, when he said it, I was like, yeah, I want to hear that one. I want to listen to them do it again. Obviously, it's just a classic, timeless, classic rock song from Blue Oyster Cult. My uh, people, the, the, the band that I thought would enjoy covering this would make it their own in their own weird way, as the song is already kind of a little weird for the you know, the presentation and the, the subject matter and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they like the noodling on guitar in between things. The Flaming Lips would crush this. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> yes. Would crush this, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be the way to go. Uh, listening to the Flaming Lips kind of do their weird, quirky act on on Godzilla, which would be a fun song to hear them cover i think they would they would, i mean they covered pink they did the whole pink floyd uh, uh dark, side. dark side of the moon right and, and that's a fun yep. quirky version of dark side of the moon but it also pays homage to that record and pink floyd's weird in their own right i think they would do really well with the song wow that didn't even this didn't even come to mind but uh wayne coin definitely has a similar vocal range than mm-hmm. the guy from mm-hmm. blue oyster so that makes sense and then steven drozd yep. the guitarist for flaming lips i mean listen to the wand and then listen to this song Yep, exactly. Deep, deep drop D guitar. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. I didn't even think of that. So does the Flaming Lips, do they have a Godzilla theme in their music at all? No. I mean, Yoshimi battles the pink robots. So that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. feeling that you're getting. uh, That's exactly. So I'm like, maybe there's, you know, subliminally, maybe that's how you connected them. Who knows? It could, it totally could have been. And and that did Mm. cross my mind when I, when they came to my head, but this is one of those ones. Like you guys had the, oh yeah, I listened to it. And that, that band jumped into my head. Well, this is the one for me. Like this is the, one of the times that I was like, that's the band that jumps into my head. Uh, is is the flaming lips so it's probably a little subconscious yoshimi battles the pink robots <laughs> that's awesome three different nerds with th- three different brains sometimes we're on the same exact wavelength but i'm happy that it's not always because i didn't even think of the flaming lips which surprises yeah. me i mean that they yeah. that surprises me a little bit but i'm glad that you didn't so who did you have yeah i had a stoner rock band Ooh. and uh actually it wasn't the first one that came to mind. first one that came to mind was monster magnet and I crossed it out for the sword. Ooh. Oh, the sword. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love the sword. Um, listen to a little bit of them. Kind of what I did today is I was driving for work. So I kind of like would listen to the song and just like think of what came to mind and then pump it on Spotify. And then we kind of study it for a second and then be like either cross it out in my head because I didn't have a way to write it down or whatever. And then either go back because I'm super indecisive or not. And I kind of narrowed it down to the sword. And I, after seeing them live and like, they're heavy, like super heavy guitars just kept drawing me back to the sword. And I thought, oh man, if they cover this song, and like I said earlier, recorded this song, it would be, it would be badass. It'd be like a movie soundtrack cover kind of thing. So, cause the sludgy guitars, like that would, mm-hmm. yep. it would work. Yeah. Yep. When you, when you said the sword, when you said stoner rock and not the one you think of, my first mm-hmm. thought was Queens. Mm-hmm. My second yeah. thought was clutch. I did not yeah. think you're going to pull oh, out wow. the sword and clutch would have been a good one for this. <laughs> True. Also didn't come to mind, even though yeah, Clutch didn't would come to mind until just now for me. Yeah, Clutch would have been perfect. Song. Yeah. All right, Tuan, who'd you have? So I, I I got a confession. I don't think before today, I don't think I'd ever heard this song. That's that's kind of wild. Never heard Ooh, it. Nice. Yeah. In fact, when you said it by name, I was like, well, I I I know Blue Oyster Cult by name, and I've I'm sure I've heard songs and whatnot, but I was it was don't never fear the Reaper is the big one you've probably heard. Yeah, yeah. it was never kind of my bag, and I obviously missed. A different era anyway we were kind of in the same vein nate where so i'm listening this through the lens of like not critiquing it but like mm-hmm. i don't have any experience with it so it, everything's new to me so i'm thinking yeah. of how i could make it better like who how how would i make this better and that was kind of the lens i approached this with so before i even picked the band i was like well damn the tempo has to be faster they need to speed up the tempo okay i want yeah sludgier heavier guitars i want the tuning of the guitars to be dropped and i want i want a party vibe so i came up with every time i die oh nice every uh etid song is like fast pace and keith buckley has the singing ish and mostly screaming but singing ish and i think he could play on that throughout the song 
and I'm like, I got super excited actually thinking of this because I'd love to hear it. Uh, but I, d- I did like the song. Nice. Kind of that cock rocky, cock rock, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. metalcore thing going. I just, man, I want to hear it. Let's do it. Make it that happen. Would be a, that would be a fun cover. Yeah. They, they could pull that off for sure. They've uh, and it would ma- they would make it their own, but not not step on what it was, which is uh, which is always kind of the, the the dance that people do with covers, right? We talked mm-hmm. about last last late summer, early fall that uh, Rage Renegades album where they kind of took over and made all those cover songs their own. And if I'm going to listen to a lot of those songs, I want to listen to those. But it's fun when you can change it up a little bit, but also not destroy like not mess with the homage of the song like you're just paying tribute and i think they would do a good job with that yeah yeah well said i think actually that rage renegades album proved that anything's possible in terms of covers like you can completely flip something on its head and just be like yeah we just made this song what it is like maggie's farm yeah right you know it's like holy shit yeah we're doing it again stop stop <laughs> yeah yeah tangent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we love Rage. Sorry, uh, but yeah, they that it's it's cool when a band takes a song and puts their own spin on it. And I think every time I die, I would do that with this song. I think you're right, Juan. It's, it's cool that you got to hear it with fresh ears too. I'm a little jealous of that because I knew the song and yeah, that's fun. And you know, ob- this is like the most obvious statement, but like there's only one time when you can hear something for the first time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you right, can't yeah. go back mm-hmm. and it was, it was cool to hear it. Cause obviously they are who they are or whatever. We got, no, you're right. we got, we got two left. We want to do at least one. I think we got them both. Yeah. Let's, Let's do them do both. both. Let's yeah. do them. All right. What do we got? What's left? Big smash mid nineties hit female artist. Ooh, I like it. Alanis Morissette. You ought to know before we get into it, this album was absolutely massive. Massive. I think no matter what genre of music you were in, I mean, granted, we were much younger, you knew all the lyrics to this. It had a edge to it for a pop rock song. Yeah. And you just couldn't escape it, but you didn't really want to, you know? It was a great song. This was a pop rock song that was born out of the grunge sensibility. Yeah, totally. And and you needed her, you needed Alanis' vocals to make it work. I don't think anybody can cover this and make it as, make it what it is. But I, I am excited to tell you who I think might be able to pull it off. Well, let's lead with you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. It might so, be who I have. <laughs> very recently, I learned, and I, I should have known this, being the nerd that I am. We've, we've, we've joked about Taylor Hawkins being the drummer for Alanis Morissette, right? Mm-hmm. That was a thing, and he almost was her drummer versus being the Foo Fighters drummer. Flea played the bass line on this song, and I never paid two cents to it listening to the song. I listened to it today, yesterday, whatever, a couple times to try to get a vibe for it. And I thought, man, Flea is really trying to make himself front and center like he like he can do, like he, he will do. And it works for the Chili Peppers. So fuck it. Let's just make it a Chili Peppers song. <laughs> like I, I would I could hear Anthony Kiedis singing this. Obviously, he might change a, little, a couple lyrics here and there, but it, it he could even pull off the lyrics the way they are because he's. Yes a little funky and weird when it comes to that stuff anyway not not saying that they're weird they're not weird but the 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 dif- the differences in how things are in in uh the song i think he he'd have no issue pulling that off so it'd be fun to listen to that and then maybe throw in just a tiny little Frashanti solo somewhere oh man cuz <laughs> right uh, so Dude. yeah chili peppers i made this a chili pepper song hell yeah at first i, I didn't i didn't get it and the more i'm thinking about it in real time i actually Agree. Yeah, this would be fucking rad by the Chili Peppers, definitely. And Kiedis could pull it off for sure. So you know, like in Under the Bridge, it's like Kiedis is front and center. Well, yeah. I almost mm-hmm. picture that with how that song, how You Ought to Know starts. Like, what? yeah, yeah, you know, like yep. he could, yep. he can do that, obviously. Yep. And the song's halfway there with Flea Art slapping yeah, the right? bass. Uh, he, the bass line doesn't even need to change. You might just turn him up a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to picture Kiedis on the choruses. The ma- it's a monster chorus. Yeah, it is. <sighs> yeah, that's that might be the hardest part. But at the same time, he might. I, I, he he's pulled off monster choruses in the past. Like I, I would like to hear it. I think they I think they would have fun with this. And flea, you just turn flea up a little bit and maybe lead with him versus leading with gu- the guitar. Yeah. Uh, and have him be kind of more front and center and make it a little more Chili Peppers sounding. It might be a fun fun little romp. Dude, the more I think about it, the more it works. Cause the breakdown when Alanis Morissette, I can't, I don't know the words verbatim, but she's kind of like almost like rhyming. 
and that's like a yeah. Kedis like hip hop line that. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I wish I knew the line for sure, but the way that you something and 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 you can pull that off. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I guess Flea was kind of a good shoe in, but I didn't. This didn't come to mind. But now that it, the more I think about it, I'm like I actually hope that they cover the song now. I'll shoot it over to Flea on Twitter. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything's possible. Shoot or shoot, right? That's our tagline. Totally. Oh man. I mean, this this is the funnest part. Is I'm I'm going through each part of that song and I'm trying to put in who were the artists were giving into that oh, spot. Hell yeah. And like you guys having your own ones, like me having to try to figure that out in my head in the moment. Yeah. I love that yeah. shit. It's great. Yeah. You're right. I said, I think uh, I introed what nerdery is when we were on the trial cast and said it's a tangible thing. And uh, this actually proves that it's not a tangible thing. Nerdery is literally like anything that's super geeky that has relation to music. And this is like us, like we love in it. real time. Yeah. yeah. Like putting our like finger between our glasses and trying to like geek out on this super scientifically. All right, Twan. So who'd you have? All right. So this one, I feel like it's so obvious that I think they would knock it out of the park. And in fact, I'm surprised you guys didn't pick, uh, pick them. And in fact, Nate might smashing pumpkins. Yep. Ooh, Bilko. nice. He, yep. he can, he can nail the monster chorus. If you think about that kind of whispery, cryptic, uh, way she starts the, the song, he, that yep. he does that. Yep. But like when I was listening to this today, I was like very specific parts where I was like, I think Bilko would actually make this sound better in some spots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. And same era too, you know, the, the whole mid nineties thing. Did you guys think of them when you're doing this exercise? Um, to be honest, it did come to mind. I didn't write it down, but it came, it was one of the, I don't know, cluster of bands that came to mind at first. Um, but I didn't, I didn't choose it. And it wasn't even because I thought someone was going to choose it. There was just so many, like this is one of the songs out of all our lists that like I had so many things coming to my head at the same time that I was like, shit, I had to like almost like distill it a little bit more, you know? Um, but now that I, now that you mentioned it and the more I think about it, like you said, in real time, in terms of song progression and how Billy sings, it's like, oh shit, they would nail this. He could nail this. And it would be amazing because uh, the backing instrumentals for the Smashing Pumpkins are also like, you know, just super professional musicians yeah, and point. just nail yep. the parts. Yep. Mm-hmm. I they were a band that I was in looking at our list of songs tonight. They, they they popped into my head for a lot of them, and I just I didn't end up settling on them for for anything in particular. But could have pulled off many of the songs that we picked tonight. This being probably mm-hmm. one of the the front runners. But yeah, no, I, I didn't I didn't fully see it. But hearing you explain it, the 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 way he sings, the way he kind of can change, you know octaves and and you know be quiet and then kill a chorus that's big and loud yeah this would be perfect they would be perfect for this yeah awesome pull awesome pull on that one man all right nate what you got what do i got all right well here's the deal all right i thought that we were choosing people that were alive and not deceased so i had one well nobody ever told you that you had you didn't i mean Come on. I know there was there was no rules. I know there was no, no rules. rules. We make our own we rules. We make here. the rules, Nate. Come on now. <laughs> That's true. But for some reason in my head I thought it was alive only. So I keep mentioning all these honorable mentions that I crossed out. So my first pick after like I said distilling it multiple times was Jan- Janice Joplin, mm. thinking she Ooh. could fucking slay this song. Yeah, yep. And last minute I crossed it out literally like in the last 10 minutes before I jumped on, crossed it out for uh Brody Dalle from the Distillers. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, she's got that raspy voice and kind of attitude and like, and punk rock kind of like thing going on. I was like, oh, she could fucking kill this song. Like just straight up slay it. And her band, the distillers are, are also super talented. And so, yeah, I, I kind of brought it down to this one and I kind of went back and forth from this and a few others too. Like I said, I just, uh, this one in particular, I just had so many things coming to mind, but I eventually kind of narrowed it down to, to Brody and thought, man, if she ever covers this, it'll, it'll not only like be well-received in terms of, her, I don't know, her diction, but just uh, her background, you know, she's been through a lot. She just went through a divorce. You know, this would be like a perfect time for her to cover the song and put it out there. So, yeah. She could pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. She yeah. Can, she could pull that off and she's yeah, got, yeah. you know, you know, kind of the, the, the punk thing going on and mm-hmm. it, it, yep. it would yep. be, a, it would be a different spin. It would have just as much attitude, if not more, mm-hmm. but yeah. with, I'm not gonna say a modern uh, twist to it, but more of a, Probably more of an edge. And it'd be I'm, I'm like it'd it. be less grungy and a little more punky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because grunge has some punk roots, obviously, but there's it was like slowed down, and this would be a little probably a little more sped up with with Brody doing it. Totally, I was gonna say higher tempo or faster yeah. tempo for sure. I'm surprised nobody picked Kevin from The Office. I, mean, I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> what about Dave Dave Coulier? What about um? Oh, Dave Coulier, Jesse from and House, the yes. Jesse and the Rippers. Yeah, Jesse and the Rippers. Yeah, we're really getting deep on the nerdery right here. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. we got one more. We got one more, right? Yep. Snoop Dio double jizzle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, gin and juice. Who's leading off? I'll start us off. I'll start Don't us off with this one. Sorry, right, Twan's got it. Go ahead. Twan's got <laughs> it. All right. So one of the bands I I liked in the early two thousands, Hot Rod Circuit. They're um, you know, kind of Jimmy World ish in that scene. They covered this for the. Was it Punk Goes Crunk album, or it was one of those pop Pop Goes Punk yeah. type of things? Yeah. And it didn't work. It was bad. So I wanted to go away from that style, and I was just thinking, hey, you need someone with confidence. You need someone because I mean, Snoop, he's he's Snoop. He's like, I'm here, like I'm Snoop D O double G, whatever. Yeah. So I was thinking either another rapper or someone that is kind of a you know someone in the rock or or metal space. Yep. So I was thinking. You guys are gonna <laughs> think it's a cop out rage. Go nice. with rage. Oh, nice. I was just someone. If anybody would do it. Yeah, just someone with confidence that has. Um, if because if you're not gonna go rapper, you gotta go someone that can kind of pull off the rap. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a band, so think about that. Like. Oh man, nice. Yeah, I, I, I it's always kind of like the cheat code and whatnot, and it's not though. This is like solid because now I'm thinking about it in real time. I'm like breaking it down in my head. He he would he would nail it. Oh, totally, and the music would would be would be on point too. I mean, it would it would work. They would make it their own. And I mean, you're right; it's a cheat code. The Rage Against the Machine answers all of these questions if we want want them to. Totally. <laughs> like, what's the what's the what's the answer? Rage Against the Machine. What's the question? Who cares? Like <laughs> that, that that's that's, that's I mean, how things that's how things go here at the party. I was like podcast sometimes. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like you already brought up Renegades, and it's like this this is. There's like adjacent songs on Renegades, like Cypress Hill, like the, yep. and it worked. So it's like totally, yeah. Microphone fiend, rock camp, bear Cam. Yeah, totally, totally. No, they can pull it off. And as I think Killer Mike and LP said about Zach De La Roca, hey, you guys are lucky that he didn't go in the hip hop game because he'd have killed everybody there too. Like that, yeah. he's just okay. that good at that stuff. So yeah, it would have totally. I mean, they could kill Jen and Juice if they wanted to, and they they probably. Maybe someday they will. Who knows? Oh man, I just I keep thinking about it in real time. Like the percussion, or sorry, the uh, the rhythm section for this from Rage would just slay. Yeah, it would just be fucking insanity. Oh man, didn't come didn't come to mind. But to channel you, Nate, my my kind of second backup pick was gonna go kind of in an opposite direction, um, more of a singer songwriter mm-hmm. style. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint someone who I'd want. I got a couple. I got yeah. a couple. Yeah, oh yeah, I got like four. Oh damn! That's the kind of the road I went. Are you segueing? Uh, I am segueing to my pick. Yes, because we can talk <laughs> about rage all night, and we will at some point. The whole episode will be about, about, about rage. It'll it'll happen. We just have been, you know, we're, we're biding our time. We'll get there in year three. <laughs> but yeah, no, I picked a singer songwriter. Ask. I have a couple written down here, and honestly, you guys familiar with the Sturgill Simpson cover of the Nirvana song? Oh, which one is it? In Bloom, probably. Yeah, yeah, in Bloom. Yep. Nice. You familiar with that one? Do yeah. Well? The cover, no. Uh, so it's it's a very slow, stripped down version of that song, which is not slow and stripped down, right? It's it's kind of loud and in your face. So I when I heard the, or thought about Gin and Juice, I thought I want this is kind of an in your face, awesome all time rap song from you know Snoop Dogg, who's an all time rapper. I want to strip it down. I want it to be somebody who can pull off. Some of the lyrics, I mean, you're not going to pull off all of them, but pull off some of the lyrics in a stripped-down kind of version. And I ended up with – th- I have three people on this list. I, I've talked about Julian Baker on this uh, on this podcast in the past. I think she might be able to pull that off, but she's also a recovering kind of addict, so I didn't want to, like, throw that on her. Same with Jason Isbell. Didn't want to throw it on him. Not to say that those people have issues with drinking, so that they just can't do it anymore. But a guy whose song – a massive song by this guy – Tennessee whiskey, Chris Stapleton. I think Chris Stapleton could pull this off. Oh yeah. I think, oh wow. I think this would be an awesome Chris Stapleton cover. I, I really do. I think he would 
would slow it down, give it a little country, but not make it too much. And it'd be a fun, I could hear him doing the chorus right now in my head. Like it, it'd be, it'd be a fun cover. Monster voice, soulful voice. Totally. Takes over the song. It'd be interesting, interesting how he would handle the uh, verses though. Some of them would be tough and some of them would probably change a little bit just to make it work. Slow. Do you say slow it down? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm uh, picturing it in my head. And any of those people I mentioned could do it. I think Julian Baker could do a great job with it. I think Jason Isbell would do an awesome job with it. I just don't know that it's something they want to do, you know? Yep. Yeah. Wow. So we're going all over the map. All day. That's what we do. So to reel it back then, I guess, because this one isn't all over the map. This is another rapper. First one that came to mind. And I uh, didn't cross this one out. I figured this was uh, a good fit if it was going to be another rap artist, at least. T.I., I feel like, would be able to pull this off with his flow and his kind of like a soft-spoken style and uh no one's has any i don't think any other rapper has done gin and juice right or am i wrong i couldn't find a ton uh, out there i'm sure people have yeah. covered it but i couldn't mm-hmm. find a ton out there studio wise there's a few covers yeah. out there but not i don't there think is. from rappers i don't think from rappers uh, okay so yeah ti also known as tip i feel like could uh pull off gin and juice pretty well not super talk. far off in terms of like cadence right and just overall style well, no, I guess it is a different style altogether, but he's got that just smooth style of rapping, right? So yeah, he's, he's like Atlanta, person. right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Southern, yeah. 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 So yeah, T.I. Tip could pull off gin and juice. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how this would work with a less West Coast, more Southern thing. And I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have to listen to I'd have to listen to gin and juice again. Instead of uh, you can have whatever you like, it's with so much. <laughs> oh yeah, he can pull it it's, off. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, with so much going on the LBC drama, <laughs> so much drama in the LBC. So yeah, it's so hard being Snoop D O double G. I used to say so it's m- kind of hard being Tone D O double G, but no one liked that. So. <laughs> There's so much trouble in the ATL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could pull it off. I think you're right. I mean, he's a talented rapper. He's a talented musician. He could definitely pull this off. Yeah. Have you guys heard of um, Richard Cheese? <laughs> yes. And there's he's covered a lot of the songs we did tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? He does like yeah. the what cabaret, uh, crooner, yeah. jazzy covers, and he does cover this gin and juice. Yeah. Oh, wow, nice. He covers uh, Slipknot's "People People Equal Shit." Nice. Which is Good job. it's 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 amazing. Check that out. Pull up Spotify if you're listening. Pull up Spotify. Look up artist uh, Richard Cheese and. Uh, Check out his people equal shit cover. If if you get if you get uh, listening to this episode and it's a couple days after it dropped, I mean it'll probably be on our playlist too. So go check out our playlist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, plugs, plugs, all the plugs every day. I'm just plugs. getting that guy's name. I assume that's not his real name. I, it's a no. It, it's I, I a think joke it's not. That, his, uh, it's I'm, uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. It, it, it's a joke. Good, <laughs> good deciphering, Twan. <laughs> just like take off your pants and jacket. I'm like, I did you ten, just figure it out? I was ten years late to the party. Uh, the Dan Band covered it too, or, or one of the songs we did tonight. But yeah, they're they're another one that would be fun Who? to just have around. The Dan Band, they're in like uh, old school and uh, the Hangover. They they do like funny jokey takes on popular songs. Oh, okay. You've never heard nice. of the Dan Band? Oh man, check out the Dan. Well, there was band. a fun. There was a band that used to come to uh, up here in California, Belly Up, all the time, and it was called the Dan Band. But it was uh, Gary Sinise, the actor. Oh, and okay. it was called it's called the Dan, Dan band. band. Yeah, different. Yeah, band. different Dan band. Yeah, definitely a diff- different. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off the rails finally. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to hear the Dan band's cover of uh, "Candy Shop." Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll be. We'll close the we'll close the playlist with the Dan band's cover of "Candy Shop." Uh, we put it at the end of this episode, but we don't have the rights, so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we try. You know what I'll do? Go to the, if you're on the YouTube. If you're watching this on the YouTube, you can click on it. I'm gonna put it right up at the bo- at the top of the uh, card. You'll see it. Here's the Dan Band's Candy Shop. Just click on it right now. <laughs> Man, that was a great uh, segment idea, Tone. That was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And again, repeatable. We we got some more in the arsenal for oh, that yeah. one. Plenty for of sure. songs. Plenty of songs. Yeah. Anytime there's nerd homework like this, it's at first I'm always like, hmm. Can't we do better? And then I'm like, oh wait, no, this is actually amazing. And like the more I get into it, I'm like, this is actually the best segment of all time. You know, it's like super nerdy. That's all I that's all I care about is just nerdy. 
Yeah, we we always find a way to make it our own and and yeah. joke about it and laugh about it and have fun with it. And and hey, we just threw out six songs with yes, what eighteen different ways to cover them. What do you guys think? Like, we'd love to hear what you guys have to think about it. So hit us up on the socials at Potty of Slave on Twitter and Instagram. Email us at Potty of Slave Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Reddit. Check us out there. We're on YouTube. Check us out there. We're everywhere. Like, if you didn't hear one of the bands that you think could could kill one of these songs, let us know. I want to hear about it. Like, we'll we'll tweet it at everybody. We'll try to we'll try to get somebody to cover it. Like, I want to hear I want to turn one of these into a real thing. That would be an ultimate goal for me. It'd be just badass. So hit us up on those socials. Yeah, you'll have fun like with it. Heads up. You'll definitely have fun with it because once you get going, you'll be like, all right, this either works or it doesn't. And if it works, it's like, damn, this could be better than the original. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff, guys. We want to wrap it for uh, this one? Yeah, it's a good spot. I agree. Awesome, guys. Cheers, everyone. Peace, podheads. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.